Roughly two months ago, Governor J.B. Pritzker submitted a budget proposal to the General Assembly. So, where is that now? Oh, I don't think I could list all the changes that would need to be made to the original budget. Writing a state budget in the middle of a pandemic. We'll talk about how that gets done on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. If there's one thing the ongoing pandemic has shown us, it's how important government services are in a time of crisis. Since the novel coronavirus first hit Illinois about four weeks ago, the state of Illinois and local governments throughout the state have marshaled as many resources as they can to respond to the pandemic. That includes scouring the globe for medical equipment and testing kits, converting public facilities into field hospitals, calling up the National Guard to administer tests, expanding access to Medicaid, offering loans and grants to small businesses affected by the crisis, the list goes on. But all of those things have to be paid for, just like all the other functions of government that have to keep going, like foster care and other social services, providing law enforcement, and keeping the courts open. None of what's happening now was anticipated when lawmakers passed the current year's budget last spring, nor was it built into the budget blueprint that Governor Pritzker submitted to the General Assembly in in February. Pritzker was asked about that during his daily briefing on Wednesday, April 1st. Have you been in contact with the legislative leaders and budget committee chairs to talk about a revised FY21 budget, and what, if any, major changes from your original budget proposal do you think the state will need? Oh, I don't think I could list all the changes that would need to be made to the original budget. Um, Our budget proposal was uh, put together in January, presented in February, um, and, and, you know, weeks and weeks before um, the COVID crisis came upon us, or at least we were all aware of how serious it was. Um, So... I there's I have had conversations with various members of the General Assembly and leaders um, just to begin you know we, we are obviously working on our end to figure out what is the revenue shortfall what what are the challenges that we're going to go through when do we think that we'll begin to see revenue return you know and trying to make estimates of that as you can imagine at this moment are very difficult when I can't even tell you you know I couldn't tell you two days ago that we were going to extend the stay-at-home uh, uh, rule that we put in place. So um, so we're still working on it, there's no doubt. And it will be a vastly different budget, there's no doubt about that as well. But here are just a few of the challenges that the governor and General Assembly face. First, state lawmakers, like everyone else, are under a stay-at-home order. The General Assembly hasn't met in session since March 5th, and they're unlikely to meet again until at least early May. Second, the stay-at-home order and temporary shutdown of non-essential businesses has wreaked havoc on the economy. In the last two weeks of March, nearly 300,000 Illinoisans filed for unemployment benefits. That's about 4.5% of the state's entire civilian labor force. Finally, the overwhelming majority of all the revenue the state takes in comes from what are called the Big Three, individual and corporate income taxes and sales taxes. With individuals out at work and businesses closed, income isn't being generated and consumers aren't spending the kind of money they normally would. So to find out how lawmakers plan to grapple with this, I talked to two state senators who play key roles in putting together the state budget. Andy Menar, a Bunker Hill Democrat who chairs one of the Senate's two appropriations committees, 
and Dan McConkie, a Republican from Hawthorne Woods, who serves as majority spokesman on that same committee. Starting with Senator Menar, I asked for his take on the revenue outlook. Without question, we're going to the state is going to face significant uh, budget um, hurdles in the coming weeks, months, and and possibly multiple fiscal years. Now, a lot of the things that the governor is doing, such as making um, loans and grants available to small businesses, there's a considerable amount of money being spent here. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Are other parts of the budget, other state agencies, going to take a hit as a result of that? I think it's too early, too early to tell. But um, one thing that that can't happen, moving, and this is, you know, in response to your question for the governor's actions so far, and then potential action moving forward. Um, take, for example, the the hospitality industry grant program that the governor set into motion last week, mm-hmm. critical, very critical. I mean, incredibly critical to restaurant owners, um, especially in, in the 48th Senate district. So we're not going to address the challenges of workers or small businesses by spending less money. So put that up against what we had just talked about previously, where revenues are plummeting. Um, which, which, from all accounts, we're, we're going to have to um, be able to manage that as well. Those two things don't coincide with, well with each other when it comes to budget making, but it's necessary. We're not going to address the challenges of individuals who have found themselves without employment or small business owners who have found themselves with their doors closed by spending less money. And this so, is, so we're going to have to we're going to have to work through all of those issues. This is a pretty common uh, dilemma in, especially in state and local governments, is that when the need is the highest, your resources mm-hmm. are the lowest. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois doesn't have a whole lot of cash reserves like other states do. Uh, so, is this likely to be a significant problem? Well, it, it will be a significant problem. There's no doubt about it, but. You know, the, the, there is no state that is going to not have a challenge. So let's not, you know, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Every state is going to have a challenge of a different nature. Take, for example, the state of Florida, where I believe the last time I looked, um, about 40% of their state budget revenue comes from sales taxes. So, you know, that's not a good position to be in today either. Um, ours is much less, you know, we have a much, uh, our portfolio of revenue is more broad in Illinois. It's more balanced. That's right. Florida does not have an income tax. For That's instance. right. So they're That's much right. more reliant on other kinds of things. Yeah. Yep. Um, so are you in talks with the m- members of the appropriations committees? To Yes. Um, I know you can't have public meetings right now, but uh, surely. No, you're... it's tele- telephone calls. Okay. Is there an effort underway to start cobbling together a budget so that when you come back, you're ready to move quickly? Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, and, and we're in the beginning, the beginning stages of that. Uh, can you talk about what it looks like? Um, no, I can't. <laughs> I mean, there's not because I'm avoiding your question. It's just there's so many moving parts right now. 
think one of our biggest challenges is that there's so many unknowns, but we're going to have to piece together a very complicated puzzle in a sh- very short order. Okay. So th- there's just so many unknowns at this moment in time. Um, but I think we should focus on the budget uh, and we should anticipate that we'll have a very narrow window uh, to take some final action in the coming weeks. And I have heard that there's been talk about maybe coming back for one day or even half a day just to pass the must-pass legislation uh, and then turn around and get back. Have you heard talks along those lines? Yeah, I mean, that seems to make the most sense to me. Um, But um, uh, President Harmon has been communicating to us on a regular basis in our caucus. And to my knowledge, no decisions have been made about that. You know, much much of the work that we're doing right now is trying to set, you know, the framework of what we have to do as a legislature. And and we don't even know the full extent of that today. That's how challenging this is. We don't have a sense yet of what the state's revenue loss is going to be. Uh, We don't have a complete sense yet of what the spending pressures that are a direct result of uh, the state's response to the pandemic are going to be. Um, and we don't know that because we're still in the middle of this. Uh, we haven't reached its conclusion yet, so we can't assess the full scope and the, you know, the depth of the challenge. So that's something that we're going to have to manage our way through um, in a very short amount of time, anticipating that we'll have a narrow window uh, to address uh, the issues that we can address. That was State Senator Andy Menar chairman of the Senate Appropriations II Committee. For a Republican perspective, I asked the minority spokesman for that committee, Dan McConkie, how difficult it's been to negotiate a budget under the current circumstances. Well, it's extremely difficult because we don't have the same tools that the federal government has available to it. Uh, We don't, we can't issue, you know, like the federal government, they issue treasury bonds. Uh, The Fed can essentially, you know, uh, come up with money, you know, print money is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't have those same kind of tools. So in, in a lot of ways, we're dependent upon the federal government uh, in those manners in which to kind of backstop the things that it is that we're doing. I think that's why there's already talk about a fourth version of a coronavirus bill that perhaps tries to address that because there's a lot of things that are state-administered that the federal government is helping to kind of backstop. And there's a lot of questions as to which, you know, there may be budget things that we've done in uh, one area that maybe we're not going to be spending as much on. I think there'll be more clarity probably within the next couple of weeks uh, on those things. For example, Medicaid. We know that um, there is greater, gonna be more people on Medicaid and you know that are that are qualifying for that however with electives and and many other types of things that normally uh kind of services that are are, are, would normally be consumed we have no idea is is our medicaid bill going to climb is it actually going to shrink because some of the things that people would normally be going to the doctor for they're simply not doing right now electives are not being done uh yeah that you know is our our we, we don't know to what a percentage of people who have been diagnosed with uh, the coronavirus and are being treated for it. You know, it, we don't know 
is it is it a lot of people on Medicaid? Maybe it's maybe it has swung to another mm-hmm. part of the population which has their own private insurance. So I think that once our numbers come in from from March, as far as both revenue and expenses in various areas, which again I think will take probably a couple of weeks to to get to, we'll have a lot better idea. In the meantime, the biggest thing that's happening, which is being driven by the governor's office, is just trying to manage cash flow. How would you rate the governor's performance so far during this crisis? You know, there's, it's very difficult to, you know, it's not like you can compare really the governor's response to, you know, uh, anything in history, right? We don't have kind of a historical uh, situation that we can kind of point to, certainly not within my lifetime and not within most of ours, that would, you know, give kind of uh, any sort of historical perspective. It's really uncharted territory. You know, the, the, the challenge has been we have to try to maintain economic functionality at the same time that we're trying to protect uh, public health. And that is a, a difficult balance to do. You know, it's it's not the the role of public health officials save as many lives as possible. But, you know, the governor, the your governors of other state, your leaders is trying to balance that along with economic uh, functionality. We've seen a lot of comments on that, not just from the president, but from, you know, I think Governor Cuomo has, has been uh, very outspoken in regards to trying to maintain that balance and the difficulty it is doing that. I mean, I think the governor is operating as best as he knows how to do in this in in this really uncharted territory uh the interesting thing that we have is that we have different states kind of doing it different ways and it it may be uh i think there will be some debate for years as to try to you know who did it better i i i I certainly think the governor's heart has been in the right place as far as what it is he's trying to do and so and i give him kudos for that uh unfortunately the the you know knowing whether or not uh, the measures he's taken has been proportional or not is something that only history is going to be able to tell us. Okay. So as a lawmaker, how difficult has it been to get through this very complicated process trying to write a budget for a very large state when you're all having to work remotely? What I would say is I, I don't know that you know it, the difficulty here in as far as working remote is is really that difficult. I mean, thanks to the technological uh, options that exist today, like Zoom and, and so forth, I think they're, you know, that is is not going to be the hard part. The hard part is dealing with, in an environment in which the economy has really gone off a cliff, you have massive levels of unemployment, the levels of income that we're going to have, whether it be property taxes, sales taxes, you know, uh, it is so unpredictable at the moment. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, those aspects of the budget that are pretty predictable are in pretty bad shape. Things like gambling revenue. We we know mm-hmm. because all the, you know, all, all, all of gaming is shut down that we can just essentially zero out those line items. And so it is that uh, kind of inability to know where we're going to be, where, where we are right now, let alone where we're going to be and be able to predict where we are in six months, that is going to be the biggest complication that uh, we're going to have uh, in trying to do this and, and do it right. That was State Senator Dan McConkie. A few final notes. 
Governor Pritzker said during his Friday, April 3rd briefing that the state of Illinois, Chicago, and other cities throughout the state will receive around $5 billion in federal aid through the recently passed recovery bill known as the CARES Act. He also said that's not going to be enough. Meanwhile, the Commission on Government Finance and Accountability, or COGFA, the agency that monitors the state's financial condition, reported this week that March revenues were about normal, but that's because there's always a time lag between a major economic change and when that event shows up in state revenues. April is certain to be a down month, not only because of the job market collapse, but also because Illinois has pushed back the income tax filing deadline to July 15th. That's two weeks after the start of the next fiscal year. The Pew Charitable Trust reported this week that every state will face the same kinds of economic challenge. They said most states should start seeing a drop in payroll withholdings and sales tax remittances within a matter of weeks. And that'll do it for this edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying stay healthy, stay safe, and thank you for listening.